The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSB20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Joy Kupcha, Senior Editor of MTD. I'm excited to welcome Tim Winkler to the stage this week. Tim is the President and CEO of VIP Tires and Service, a tire dealership with close to 70 stores throughout New England. And with all those stores, Tim is well-versed in hiring and managing employees. I know that's a pain point for plenty of tire dealers and business owners of all kinds these days. Well, VIP has found a unique yet simple way to keep tabs on what its workers want and need. Their system creates an open dialogue, it eliminates surprises, and it's an important tool in VIP's efforts to retain workers. I think you're going to find some inspiration here. So let's get to my conversation with Tim. All right. So we've got so many businesses and tire dealers, you know, everybody's in a frenzy to hire right now. Um, But there's also this whole retention of employee story that really needs to be told. And, you know, Tim Winkler, you're here from VIP. And I think VIP just has a unique approach to that and kind of how you're communicating with your employees, but also listening to them and especially not just your high level, you know, upper level management, but also everyone down, you know, into the bays and listening to your technicians through this annual survey that you do with your employees. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the survey, kind of what it entails and, and who, you know, who, who answers the questions that you ask? Absolutely. Thanks, Joy. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, it, it's a big part of our culture here. You talk about uh, employee retention as well as attraction. Uh, our employee survey process is um, one of the core pieces of the culture that we've built here at the company. And it dates back to uh, January 2014, actually, was our first time to do an employee survey. And what we realized back then, it's been seven and a half years now, is that uh, you know our employees know best how our company needs to improve. And that's really become... Uh, something that we believe in and that we, you know, execute every year is we don't think of us as senior leaders in the company, that it's our job to huddle in a room and come up with the next big idea or the next best way to improve VIP. Uh, Our job is to listen to our associates uh, who are out there taking care of customers every day, out there working in the stores every day. And so what we did in January 2014 was we put together a fairly brief survey back then it was you know paper and envelopes and you know it was not electric at the time uh, it's about 30 questions and it's really all related to employee satisfaction you know how satisfied are you as an employee you know with your job at VIP how satisfied are you with training how satisfied are you with benefits and you know pay and all those things um, and we put that together it's totally anonymous. It was anonymous back then. It stays anonymous today. Uh, we don't know who does any of the responses. We don't try to know. But the big part of it is that 
that's something that we use to attract new employees. When we tell uh, uh, candidates about VIP, it's one of the things we always mention is, you know what, if you come to work for us, you're gonna have a voice uh, in, in this process. And, and the biggest part of the employee survey too, Joy, is it's not just the survey. Every year after we get all the surveys back, we then go out and meet in person with every employee in the company. We do it in groups of about 15 people at a time. We call it the annual all associates meetings, but our full senior leadership team hits the road. And for four weeks, that's all we're doing is regional meetings. We have about 30 of them every year. And we meet with groups of employees and we review the results of the survey. But then more importantly than that is we just open it up for discussion and we want to hear their ideas. And we, we have ways you know, that we try to encourage every employee to really tell us uh, in person how things are going uh, and what, what they believe we could do to improve as a company. So each year, are you, are you asking the same questions year after year and kind of then, you know, now you have, you know, 7.5 years of, of surveys and being like, oh, you know, and back then they rated us as a two and now we're a five star company or, or is it, you know, kind of your questions are guided by kind of issues or, you know, things happening now? Uh, that's a great question. You know, it's actually a little bit of both. We have a core group of questions uh, probably seven or eight questions that have been on every survey so that it does give us that ability to track overall satisfaction trends and trends in different areas of the business. But the survey has gone through some iterations too. You know, for a couple of years, we applied for the best places to work uh, program, for instance, that comes with its own set of 70 questions that we have to ask in order to have an application for one of the best places to work awards. So we asked, you know, those 70 questions that year. Uh, we only did that for a couple of years. That's really a much longer survey process. And we didn't find it really gave us any better information than we than when we did the shorter surveys. So we've gone back to more of the, you know, 20 to 30 questions in the surveys because, you know, at the same time, employees who've been here for many years with us, you know, doing this every single year, we want to make sure that there's always something a little bit new about it. So every year we do change some of the questions up. And then there are some questions that stay the same every year to give us that trackability year over year. Okay. Interesting. And you mentioned that you started this doing pen and paper. So have you moved to an electronic format? And how do you, how do you send that out? Does, does every employee have email, you know, a VIP email address or? Yeah, so we, we now do it electronically. We use one of those free survey websites. I think actually now with the number of people we have doing it, it we're, we're using a paid service, but uh, it's a link. So we do send it out to every, not every VIP employee has an email. Um, many of our employees who work in the shop don't necessarily use email much and we didn't necessarily find it effective for all employees. So, but it's just a link that we send out. So we send it out through email, we send it out through text message. If some of, we have a subscription service where employees can sign up to receive text messages from the company so they can get a link to the survey that they can get on their phone. And then we also make sure that managers are forwarding that link to personal emails uh, for those associates who don't have a VIP email. And they're just making sure that they follow up with every employee. Having said that, you know, with about 600 employees, uh, we do not get 100% participation. You know, we typically get 
anywhere from, I think this past year, we got almost 350 responses um, out of, at the time, 550 employees. So it's over half and it's a very good representation, we believe, of the sentiment of the employees. Uh, but by no means do we actually get every employee to do it. And once again, because it's, it's anonymous, uh, there would be even no way to track, you know, whether um, we got every employee uh, because we're not tracking who has or hasn't submitted it. Okay. And are you, as part of the results of the questions, are you asking kind of just basic level, kind of what kind of employee they are or what, what they do for the company? I believe this past year, uh, we did add a question about how many years they had worked with the company. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't asking, it didn't ask them specifically. It said, you know, are you zero to one years or one to five or five to 10 or 10 or more? something like that, so that we were able to analyze the results to some degree um, in terms of their satisfaction levels. We also, I believe, asked whether they worked on the counter or whether they worked in the shop. Um, and I think that was the only cut. We didn't ask for specific positions, but we wanted to be able to analyze a little bit deeper and a little bit more granular in terms of, do we see any trends in terms of is there a relationship between tenure and satisfaction, or is there a discernible difference between the satisfaction of our shop employees versus our counter folks? Right, right. So, so I'm interested in, in those results of what, ha, have you found, found something there? Because I would think too, some answers, it might be interesting to know, is this coming from someone who's working in the Bay versus maybe someone who's coming, you know, working from your corporate office or, you know, more of an office job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I will say uh, that a couple of the bigger trends in, in some of the questions, there was absolutely no perceptible difference between, you know, any of the groups that that we were able to slice it up by. A couple things that did become apparent was that, um, you know, overall satisfaction improved with tenure. So definitely the longer someone has been with VIP, uh, the more satisfied they are. That obviously makes sense that uh, if someone has stayed with us that long, there's reasons they've stayed. Our culture is a good fit for them. They, you know, they've probably been here longer. They're probably earning more. Um, they've taken advantage of our ASC certification program. And, and so they've built their career with VIP more so versus someone who's just joined the company. That was definitely one of the trends that we saw. Um, and the other thing that we saw was the difference, one of the differences between the shop and, and the counter folks was the, the need for training or the re requests, I, I should say, for training came primarily from our people in the shop um, mm -hmm. and more so than in, in, on the counter. Um, we do a lot of training for both, uh, but I think the people on the counter have a lot more access to computer-based training and not as much of it's hands-on. And in the shop, uh, one of the more common uh, requests we see is more hands-on training. So for instance, that resulted in our partnership with Garage Gurus, which is a big training outfit that uh, we've now, this, this year for 2021, I think we've got 18 or 20 different dates where their mobile training center is going to be doing hands-on training for technicians at our stores. Um, so, you know, we've taken action uh, based on some of those trends that we saw, you know, from the last uh, couple surveys. Interesting. And, and, well, and I know that training is a big backbone of kind of when the very first, you know, the beginning of the survey, 
and those first results that that you know your your focus on ASE training and certification, that's uh, you know that was one of the real big things that that started it. So it's interesting that that is a a long lasting and a recurring theme amongst your employees. Yeah, you know, it speaks to like you talked about. It speaks to the career piece. It speaks to people always want to learn more, and they want to work for an employer who's investing in their career growth and in their, uh, you know, improving their education, their training, and their career opportunities. So that very first year, you're right. One of the big, big takeaways was, you know, when we challenged uh, people for why they weren't taking the ASEs, and you know. There's a very different reasons why, but one of the big ones was cost. And we were like many other people, we reimbursed if you know someone passed and got a certification. And that first year, we totally turned that program on its head. We pay for everything up front ever since that first survey, pass or fail. We pay for every test. We pay for all the study guides. We, we, we pay for online subscriptions to ASE. Uh, you know, sample tests and, and anything that employee really believes that they need in order to be able to learn more, become better at their job, and hopefully get that certification that, you know, shows that they're a certified automotive professional. We pay for all that. And that's become a big part of our budget every year. And that came out of that first year. But to your point, ongoing every year, um, many of our employees are still looking for more. What, what can we do to help them learn more mentor? You know, we've got a technician mentor program in place because of the surveys. And like I said, this latest, uh, partnership with, uh, with this professional training outfit is all in response to this continuing theme from our people that, that they're saying that they want to learn more and they're willing to, um, you know, put their time and energy into learning if the company will sponsor that training. Yeah, interesting. Well, I want to go back just a bit because I like the idea of this. Uh, I guess it's a big road tour that you and your uh, fellow executives go on all over your all over Maine and all over your New England territory. Um, what what are those me- meetings like? Because I would imagine, it's certainly especially in the beginning, um, some technicians. And I don't want to put this all on technicians, so I shouldn't say that. But some employees might come in and be like, what, what is this meeting really all about? What do they really want from me? So I, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly right. You know, especially early on, um, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people were skeptical. This is going to be a waste of time. And even to some degree, maybe new employees sometimes feel that because they haven't been to one of these sessions before. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Honestly, part of, you know, transparency is huge in our business. I think anybody who runs automotive service and tire shops knows that to be transparent with customers is is a key because, you know, they're only coming to you if they trust you and you've got to be transparent about things in order for them to trust you. We carry that through with our relationship with our, our team members. You know, we want to be transparent with them. So the meeting starts off with, you know, we put an agenda together and there are certain communication points we want to cover with them because we have these meetings in February every year. We're always covering the calendar year results year over year to give them a little insight into the overall corporate results for the company. We talk about some of the, whatever the major initiatives are, but uh, most importantly, we show them the results from the surveys and, and the surveys are not just, you know, yes, no, or numerical rating questions. We have plenty of those. 
but there's also open comments where employees can just give us any comment that they want on a certain topic. And we publish every comment that every employee makes. We publish it, we put it in a big spiral uh, book that we have produced for these meetings. And when we get into the meetings, we pass those books out. And oftentimes as everybody's showing up for the meetings, our associates are paging through there and reading comments and sometimes even joking about some of the more negative comments or, you know, sometimes people try to be funny in their comments, you know, and, uh, um, and I, you know, I, I tell the story of the very first year, somebody who was um, not a fan of the process and not a fan of our leadership at the time. Uh, one of the comments that they wrote into the survey the very first year was, the question was, uh, what would you do? What do you believe should be done to improve VIP. And someone wrote mass suicide by senior management. Well, and, if, uh, yeah, if, if that doesn't know, tell you how it's going. Yeah. Know, that, that person was not living the VIP dream, right? And, <laughs> right. Uh, that's okay. We, we want, you know what we did was we pointed that comment out to every, every, in every meeting, we pointed it out. And we all got a little bit of a laugh about it. And we made jokes about, you know, that's definitely an idea we're not gonna implement. Uh, but, you know, we, we wanted them to, to see that this was going to be the unvarnished feedback that we get. And some of it, especially those first few years, it was some of it was hard to read. And sometimes even today, there are still some people who, you know, aren't living the VIP dream, like I like to say. And, and if they're not, we want to hear from them. And I'm glad that they at least take the time to tell us, you know, it, I'd, I'd rather have an employee uh, take the survey and tell us what they think is wrong or broken or why they don't believe in, in our vision or, or our processes or whatever. I'd rather hear that so that we can at least talk about it with our teams and we can learn from it. And maybe there are things that we're not doing quite right. And this is a way for us to look in the mirror and the mirror is the feedback that we get from those employees. And so uh, that's how we view it. And that doesn't mean we can go fix everything overnight it doesn't mean that we're going to implement every great idea. Hopefully, we can implement a good number of them every year um, so that we can you know, improve the company. That's been a big success. Uh, a, a big way to improve the company is by implementing these ideas that we get from our employees every year. But, uh, but every, you know, that, that's how the meeting starts is everybody gets a book. They're able to page through it. We have a little bit of an agenda. We kind of highlight um, certain things around the survey. But then literally the last half of the meeting for a good hour, it's all just open discussion. And we, we specifically set up the room in small uh, you know, uh, round tables with five people at each table. And there's typically one of the leadership members at each table. And then we just you know, open it up and we make sure every person at that table gets a chance to talk at the table because it's easier for some of these people to talk you know, among five people than it is in a room of 20. And so we, we take down ideas from everybody at the table, and then we go around the room at the end of the meeting, and every table, somebody from each table stands up and says, you know, here's our ideas this year. We think there should be a safety boot program, or we think that, uh, you know, uh, there should be more, you know, sick time, or we think that we need to upgrade our equipment faster, you know, whatever it is, whatever each associate believes. I mean, there was one time, uh, I like to tell a story, our, our owner, our executive chairman of the board, John Quirk, was sitting at one of these tables and he's sitting next to, you know, a kid he had just met who was an entry level, you know, what we call installation technician, a tire and loop tech. And he says, you know, hey, Johnny, you know, what do you what do you think we should do? What you know, what's your biggest complaint about the company? 
And this kid's like, uh, I, I don't know if you want to hear. And John said, absolutely, I want to hear. What do you think we should do? He says, I don't think I get paid enough. You know, I think my pay should be better. I mean, I'm working my butt off in the in the shop and doing all this work and everything. And I'm only making, and at the time, I think this was five years ago, I'm only making 11, 12 bucks an hour, whatever it was, you know. Uh, and if you want me to stay here and you want me to get on this career path, you know, I, I got bills to pay. I got to, I need to make more money. And he, you know, what was great was John took that down. And when John reported that to the rest of the room, he said, you know, here's somebody who believes that our compensation programs need to be better for our entry level positions. You know what? And he says, and I agree with him. I think we should do it. You know, and that's continued a, a part of our path of every year. Uh, you know, taking a look at those programs and improving them. So, you know, it's anything goes in these meetings. It's it's totally wide open. And that's kind of the, 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 the atmosphere we try to create is just a very comfortable atmosphere for everybody to tell us whatever's on their mind. Well, I was wondering if you thought that if people were still being uh, brutally honest with you as they were in the beginning, but it, it sounds like they are. So, uh, yep. so good job to the VIP team on, on that. <laughs> Um, you know, so certainly they've suggested different things over, you know, over the years, and you've talked about some of them, you know, related to training and even benefits, but so, so these things make you a better employer, you know, or, or certainly that's what the employees are hoping that, that they get out of this, but um, basically, I think every single one you've mentioned costs you money, right? Yep. So how do you talk to employees about that or kind of bridge that gap? Because I don't assume that you're going into these meetings at the beginning of the uh, the calendar year with a big fat, you know, uh, bucket of bucket of money. So. Oh, no, oh, that's, that's a good insight. Um, so a couple things that are related to that is number one, our fiscal year begins in September. So here we are early September, we just began uh, our new fiscal year. And so oftentimes the feedback we get from the survey in January and from these meetings in February turns into uh, plans and a project for someone to work on. And oftentimes that gets implemented the following fiscal year. So it gives us some time to, to break down the feedback and to determine you know, what can we afford, which benefits seem to be the ones that came up the most often. And then it gives us some time to plan it into the fiscal year um, and so that's one thing to our advantage with the timing of these meetings versus our, our budgeting is, is we do have a little bit of space between them there. Secondly is I go back to that tra uh, transparency piece. You know, uh, when people, I can tell you three years ago, uh, one of the big themes was, uh, you know, that we didn't have a sick time benefit. We didn't, you know, we had a vacation benefit, holiday pay benefit uh, for paid time off. We did not have any sick paid time off. And so that this happened to be three or four uh, winters ago. It was a, there was a lot of bugs going around up here and a lot of people missing work. And so a lot of stores working shorthanded because people were out sick. And that was very much top of mind among our associates that, that year during these meetings. And so people started throwing out all these ideas about, well, I think everybody should have a week of sick time, you know, and that they should have in, you know, available to them for times when they get sick and so on and so forth. And so we very, you know, because we know our business, we know what an average week costs in terms of, you know, what our payroll is. We were able to have very open and candid conversations when ideas like that came up that, you know, number one, so everybody knows a week of 
you know, payroll costs this to the company. And so if we're going to give everyone an extra week of sick time, this is going to be the expense to the company. And when we make decisions as a leadership team, we have to decide if that's $400,000 or whatever that number is, is this the best way to spend that? Or is that $400,000 better spent, you know, on upgraded equipment or on some other benefit or some other way to improve the business? So we, we, we discussed these, these numbers openly with the associates. You know, that specific year, what we ended up putting in place, which, which actually was something that when we were open with them about the costs, one of the employees then said, well, you know what? Maybe you don't have to do it all at once. Maybe we could slowly build up to that. And we thought, you know what, that sounds like a good path to maybe find something that works for both the company and for our associates. So what we put into place that year uh, was that every associate accrues up to two days of sick time a year, and it caps it a week. So now an associate who doesn't need to use sick time, uh, you know, will accrue up to that week and will eventually have a week of sick time in their back pocket for you know, inevitably they may need it at some point. Um, or if they end up taking a couple days of sick time each year, then they'll just continue to get replenished with those two days a year. But it was a way to find a, a, a middle ground that was something the company could afford uh, in the short term, as well as it met the needs of the employees long term. Well, it's interesting there that the employee kind of helped guide the way, you know, and that going back to the idea of transparency, with you sharing the actual dollar amounts, then that kind of helped them, you know, with, with the balance and the ebb and flow of that. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, well, Tim, this has been just fascinating. I can see how this is totally part of uh, how I can, I, I can just see how this makes things better for, you know, for you guys running the company and you know, helps you run a better company, but also helps you dialogue with your employees. And I imagine that means that maybe makes it a little easier for them to talk to you throughout the year and about other things as well. So. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, like I said, it's become a pillar of our, of our culture. And uh, we mean it when we tell a, a, an associate or a, a candidate that, you know, if you come to work for VIP, you're going to have a voice in the company and you can help us chart the future. And, and uh, you know, and sometimes it, you know, I, I even get feedback from newer employees who say, you know, geez, you know, they talked about it when they recruited me, but I didn't really believe it because I've never worked for a company that actually, you know, put this kind of effort into listening to their employees. And uh, at the end of the day, we're, our, our company's all about our, our people. And so the more we can invest in that and the more we can listen to them, the better we're going to be. Well, yeah, this is, this is great. I think, uh, Maybe we'll make your phone ring. You might have some of your fellow tire dealer friends calling you up for some advice or uh, <laughs> stealing some of your ideas. So thank you so much for being with us today on the Modern Tire Dealer Show, Tim. It's been great to talk to you again and best of luck to you. Thank you, Joy. The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSB20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20-group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. 
Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Thanks for joining me on the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Until next time, have fun and have a great week.